the ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Raleigh Sussex. Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland. He's here, he's willing and he's able to talk to you about words, language and linguistics. 1300 222 612 is Rolly's phone number for the next half an hour or so. Hello, Rolly. Hello. We we come together wirelessly again. Indeed, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to have you with Thank us. You. And a little bit of an echo today. Indeed, I'm interested in what makes phrases memorable. Hmm. Because if you're a politician, you want to say things that will stick in people's minds, even more so if you're in advertising, or if you're Shakespeare. And sometimes, Shakespeare was awfully good at this, he could just put words together in ways which stuck in people's minds. Things like cruel to be kind, Hmm. right, or tough love. Was that his? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Or not sleep a wink or a pound of flesh. But particularly cruel to be kind or tough love. There's something there which we'll come back to in a moment. Now, there are lots of phrases in English, like thousands of them, idioms. And an idiom is, by definition, something which is not the sum of its parts. Right. So, literally, to speak of the devil, I'm not talking about the devil, but someone comes into the room and I've been talking about them and suddenly there they are. So you move the phrase from its literal meaning to something slightly different. And these things, once they're established in the language, really do stick and we use them again and again and again. Pigs might fly. That's going to cost me an arm and a leg. It's a piece of cake to feel under the weather, kill two birds with one stone, break a leg, which, by the way, has a really interesting origin in Europe and in acting. Do tell. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a phrase in, in Polish, noga, which means break a leg. But it doesn't mean I wish you to break a leg. It means I wish you good luck. And in German, it's Hals und Beinwohl, which are neck and leg broken. And It's intense. And what happens is that the evil spirits are waiting to do the opposite of what you want. So if you wish someone good luck, oh. evil will befall them. So you wish them a broken leg so the evil spirits will be perverse and do something good. Reverse spiritual psychology. But all of that is, I want to come back to cruel to be kind and tough love because these are called echo phrases. Okay. And they're not quite rhymes, Mm -hmm. but they've got similar patterns of sounds and they are lovely ways of making things stick in memory. And all this happened because I was uh, at a gym the other day improving the body and over the road was a parking place with a sign which said pay and display, not pay and show. Now, if you think about it, pay and show is short, Mm. right? And it it surely we would take the shorter one. It costs less for the sign and so on. But pay and display. But once you've got that in mind, pay and display, there's a repetition of the sound. And after a while, you know, you're, you're used to this and it actually stays with you and you remember to display as well as to pay, one hopes. 1300 is the number. If you have a, a question for Rolly, you want to run something past him, um, whether it be about echoes. Sometimes people go a little rogue, Rolly, and they ask whatever it is that's been in their They're brains. Welcome. And that is completely fine. In fact, Pete has done that very thing mm-hmm. from the Sunshine Coast. He's sent through a text on 0467922612. He says, Rolly, which is a great way to start a sentence that wants your I attention. I respond to that, yes. Uh, which is correct and why? Joe and my bucket or Joe's and my bucket, as in the bucket belonging to Joe and mine. Ah, Similarly, Joe and Joan's bucket or Joe's and Joan's bucket. 
Um, I think you'd probably better do the possessive both times here, Joe's and my bucket. Because if you take out the and my, you know, you're left with Joe's, not Joe bucket, but Joe's bucket, okay? And it's a bit like um, he gave it to John and me or gave it to John and I. You take the and me out, he gave it to Joe, right? So you know what you've got to say. So Joe's and my bucket, it, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Hmm. You know, bucket, bucket which belongs to Joe and me you know, is, is probably a wiser thing to say because otherwise you might find yourself thinking, which is right, which is wrong. A sentence ending in me makes me feel uncomfortable, but that was grammatically correct. Haven't you ever seen me? Oh, there we go. There you go. Okay. There we went. Me stands corrected. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I wish you could have seen him. Quince, dear listener. Keep those questions coming, 1300-222-612. But Rolly wanted to crawl around inside those echo Echo phrases. Were you ever a crop-dusting pilot in the 1960s? I was not. Oh. Thanks for asking. I was born in 76. How dare you? Apparently they had a phrase, a bone dome. And a bone dome was a safety helmet, which you wore in the aeroplane when you were flying it. Oh. And you think about it, bone dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard that one before. No. came across it the other day. But, of course, skid lid yes. is definitely a safety helmet, particularly worn by motorbikers or possibly like ordinary cyclists like it me. It feels very Australian. Would you hear a skid lid in America? I haven't talked about it in America. I shall have to go and ask. Hmm. But, but there, are, there are lots of these. Um, a keep cup I rather like. And a keep cup is a cup that you take and offer to the barista and they fill it with coffee and you take it away and you don't use any uh, no, non-recyclable stuff. So an echo phrase doesn't have to rhyme. It just has to have similar sounds. It's got similar sounds and in keep cup, in fact, the vowels are different, but the K and the P are both, both the same. So hmm. keep cup... You've got KP with a vowel in the middle and KP with a vowel in the middle. On the other hand, things like a brain fade, that definitely is vowels. And that's also a rhyme, actually. Barty party. Yes. After Ash Barty, who's had her first baby as well. Um, Barty party is a sort of a celebration for for something that Ash had done well. And, um, you know, God botherer. Yes. Uh, There's one where the words are actually quite different in length, but it's got the same... The same vowel. Has that, slightly off topic, I suppose, but has that lost its sting? Because that's quite insulting. It is insulting. And I, when I was at school, it would have been thought entirely mm. inappropriate and, and no, a bit like apostasy, which is, is just denying, the, denying the, the deity. Nowadays, uh, it's used a great deal um, you know, for people who are very emphatic about their beliefs. Mm. I don't use it. But as an example to talk about, fair enough. 1300-222-612 is the number. And Rolly's got a couple more examples for you. And you can also text. I don't think people are feeling all that chatty today. Why not? Rolly? Why not? Yeah, well, they're texting. Yeah. It's school holidays, maybe. They've done enough talking. Put that down. Stop well, it. You, you and I are, are holding up the, uh, the, the, the scales as far as talking goes. <laughs> Come on, people, pull up the phone. Now, I actually have a database of over 6,200 echo phrases, which I've collected from usage in Australia. And some Are we particularly fond of them here? Is no, that an Australian thing? No, I, I don't think so. The, these ones, are, I've heard most of them overseas as well, but I, we do have a very strong reputation for playing with language. And so this sort of language play is something which sits very comfortably with other things that we do, like going to Bundy and Rocky and so on. Speaking of uh, language um, mm. and whether something is Australian or not, um, 
A question for Rolly, and I don't have a name. Oh, yes, I do. It's Peter on the Gold Coast. He says, questions for Rolly. In Scotland, we say, lang may your lum reek. Oh, yes. It means long may your chimney smoke. Smoke, yes. I've never heard that before. Yes, lang, lang may your lum reek. Um, particularly in Edinburgh, which, is a, which used to be a very smoky place with, with uh, coke fires and things. Um, but it's a way of saying, I hope that you have much success and you know, may your life be long and prosperous and so on. So as, as long as your chimney is smoking, you're in there and alive. So lang may your lum reek. It's, 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 it's a beautiful Scottish phrase. The reek, by the way, means smoke or smell and is the same word as in Reykjavik in Iceland, where that reek is also it was a smoky bay. Reykjavik such a beautiful word. It is. Have you been? No, I shall. Hmm. Um, Icelandic is very funny. Um, it's, an, it's a Germanic language, which wasn't on the way to anywhere. You know, people, in order to go to Iceland, you had to go a long way away from Europe. And they're very, very defensive about their vocabulary. They don't borrow words from European languages. They make up their own. People um, have just remembered how to use the phone, Rolly. Today, the, well, I've, I've got one. I am one of the few people, apart from Richard Feidler, who can say, Eya fatla yukut. What? Eya fatla yukut. Are you allowed is, to say that? I am. It's the name of a volcano that blew its head off about 12 years ago and a great plume of ash went over the North Sea and stopped flights out of Heathrow. Still a beautiful word. Eya but eya it sounds kind yukut. of cussy. Yes. Well, they've got a thing, which is a bit like Welsh. Because Llewellyn isn't Llewellyn, it's Llewellyn, if you are Welsh. Robert from Rockhampton would like to speak with you, Rolly. Hello, Robert. G'day, Rolly. Hello there. Squad-o. It's Squad-o. How are you? Hi there. Good, good. Now, now uh, Sky Pilot. Yes. When I was a teacher, they used to say the religious instruction people were coming. They'd say, the Sky, Light will, the sky Pilot will be here at 10 o'clock this morning. Is ah. That- that's an echo phrase, sky pilot, the same vowel. Yes, thank you. That's a completely new example. I'll add it to the list. Wonderful. Thank you R- for that. Roughly, when was this, Rob? How long ago? Uh, oh, in the, um, uh, in the 80s. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the old deputy principal, he came around, he said, the sky pilot's late now. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Lovely. Thank, thank you, you so much, Robert. Matt is in Petrie. Oh, I love this one, Matt. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you going, guys? We're both well. What is the uh, the word or words you'd like to discuss? I would love to discuss, which I hear on a daily basis uh, around work. Um, some people say I have the worst pain or the worst, with a T, pain, mm. or it's the worst weather or the worst weather. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd love to know what's right and what's wrong. Uh, um, strictly speaking, if it is the worst, it should be in relation to something else. But the, this use of worst, it's, it's, a, it's called a superlative because we have positive, bad, comparative, worse, superlative, worst. There are three levels, and that happens to more, mo, you know, ordinary things more and most. But the worst pain, it's another way of, um, I think, m- misusing the thing slightly to mean an extremely serious. You know, I have the worst pain. He has the worst expression on his face, meaning very, very bad and unpleasant. So it's, it's an, it was originally, I think, a misuse, but it's now become very, very common to try and say something which is very, okay? And very is, is well, it's two words and worst is one word. Is that a good answer, Matt, or was it the worst? <laughs> it was a perfect answer. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You're very good welcome. Talk. Thank you, Matt. Mary is at The Gap. Hello, Mary. Hello. How are you? We're both well. What is your question That's for Rolly? Good. Thank you. Now, my, 
my word is, uh, uh, I'll spell it for you because I've got a bit of a stammer, D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-T, different. Now, it's different from, mm. why is everyone saying different to, Rowley? Yep. Okay. Even uh, the announcers there. Right. I think it probably <laughs> dates us all. When I was at school, it was similar to and different from. And the two meant that they were coming together and the from meant that they were going apart. Uh, but the the two words have now got confused and people will say different to and different from. They're both extremely common and I'm not sure that you could separate them. We are also getting from the Americans different than. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't correct that. I don't Should think... Should I correct that? Well, I, it's it's perfectly fine in American English. We are adapting so many bits of American that we don't even know anymore what's American and what's not. So all three are found. Uh, but uh, Mary is, is exactly right. Strictly speaking, the way things used to be, it was similar to and different from. Um, you wouldn't say similar from. No. But you would say different to or different from. Both are now quite acceptable. Lovely. Thank you very mm. much, Mary. Lovely to hear your voice today. Kim is in Tweed Heads. Hello there. Hi, Kat. Lovely, Hi, Kim. What did you want to say? Well, uh, uh, just the break leg thing in the uh, acting world. Yes. We, we, we've shied away from that. We've gone to Chilkers. Yes. And Johnny just told me that there's a reason for that, which I did not know. And he said it was because in the days of theatre, if you did a good show, you got chicken for dinner. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. That was no the idea. story I've heard. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, th- this was when, when chook was not something something cheap from the takeaway, but it was a special a special treat. You know, mum would, would roast a chook on Sunday and it was actually very, very good. And chook is, is, if you say that to someone in the performing arts, it means I hope you play to full houses. And thereby you're, you're successful yeah. and so you have, have the wherewithal to have chook on Sunday. And there's nothing worse than playing to anything less than a full house. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Buy your tickets. Full house. Roll yeah. up, roll up, roll up. Thank you very much, Kim. The phone number is 1300 We seem to be quite bossy, Rolly, because now we've got heaps of phone calls. But do keep them coming. Well, obviously it's your voice, which is just <laughs> motivating people to ring. Why, thank you. Yeah. It is 25 past two, so we still have Rolly's company for a little bit longer. Ray is in Rutherglen. Hello, Ray. Hi. <clears throat> Hello. What's your I question? I have a question. Uh, well, it's nice to talk to Rolly again. Hello um, there, down I'm... in Rutherglen. How, how, how are the wines down there this year? Oh, they're very good this year. I was afraid they might they had be had a lot here. of water. Uh, I'm very fond of Durif, which they do a lot of in Rutherglen, which is rather special. Yes, yeah. uh, um, particularly after that sample. Uh, okay. <laughs> Indeed. Now, <laughs> Now, my question is, why is a trailer that holds horses called a float? Ah. Good question. Ah, crumbs. I'm, you know, I've, I've had horses in the family, um, and I I'm honestly don't know. Um, <gasps> You've stumped him. Yeah, yeah. No, hey. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to. Do I get a gold medal? <laughs> well, there, there are all sorts of floats. In Britain, a float is a, um, an electric cart that the, the milkman has to take yeah. milk around, often three-wheeler. Um, yeah. And so th- there, are, there are various floats. There are floats in parades. Also, deca- decorated trailers in parades. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and there's that lovely, lovely phrase which I really like, whatever floats your boat. I love float your boat. There's an echo phrase. That's an echo <laughs> phrase, yes. Ray, mm-hmm. I, I will have to look for that one because I, I really don't know. I, I expect it's probably taken over from, you know, sort of a, a floating flat surface or something, but we will find out and I'll let you know next week. 
Wonderful. Thank you very much. We'll raise a glass to Ray Stumping Rolly briefly. Thank yeah. you so much for that, Ray. Phil has called in from the western suburbs. G'day, Phil. Hello. How are you going? Both well. What would you like to say to Rolly or ask him? Well, I'd like to provide a bit of a segue back to Rolly's comment about the gym. Go on. And Love it. provide an echo. What about Rolly Poli? Oh, yes. Thank you. I was called that at school. I was carefully not saying this on air because Aww. people will pick it up. And I've been called many things, including the Rollster recently. I quite like the Rollster. <laughs> you like the Rollster. But thank you for roly-poly. Also, by the way, things like Helter Skelter and Hoity Toity and Namby Pamby and Higgledy Piggledy. You can see yep. once you get going that there's lots and lots of these which are, oh, are in the yeah. back of your mind. Thank you for that. I shall try to live it down. Oh, you... And look, if you, if you have a moment, can I just throw one more at you, which is... I'm on a bit of a naval uh, Facebook group, and it drives me nuts the way that people abuse the verb to sink. Oh yes, in terms of active and passive, you know, mm-hmm. this ship sunk another one. This ship oh. was sank almost. It, mm. it just sort of almost becomes a mix of voice and imperfect, perfect, pluperfect, etc. Yeah. Um, strictly speaking, sink, sank, sunk. This is one of the drink, drank, drunk ones. Um, there's a lot of verbs, particularly swim, where we used to have swim in the present, swam in the past, and I have swum, the participle, right? Swim, swam, swum. And increasingly, the middle one is getting lost. So instead of saying, I swam across the river, you say, I swum across the river. Mm. Okay? In other words, English is, is losing some of its inflectional richness. And I think that sink is one of those ones because sank, uh, certainly as an intransitive, you know, the vessel sank after being struck by a torpedo. But I, I, I agree with you that the the use as a transitive, no, this, uh, our boat sank another one. Mm. That seems to me a little strange. Um, we'll have to get back and look at, at things like HMS Ulysses and see what they said in that. Indeed. Thank you so Alistair much McLean. for that, mm. Phil. I'm so sorry that you got roly polyed Rolly. They tried with my name when I was young because mm. um, my name's Katrina, my yes. full name. And they tried to, to tease me by calling me Latrina. Oh. It didn't really, not, it didn't stick because we don't use the word latrine. So it didn't really. No, that, that's again it? more more American. It's a swing and a miss. And of course, head is, is the naval one. Yes. Yes. Or the WC. Or the WC. Yes. Indeed. Yes, yes. Bob is in Miami. Oh, you might have an answer for us, Bob. I'm hoping I have. Oh. I can save Rolly some work for the week. <laughs> Go that's for it, exciting. by all means. <laughs> Regarding the horse float. Go on. Apparently, uh, before um, mechanised vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, everything, all transport was horse-drawn. Yep. In emergency situations, uh, floats were brought to accident scenes to take injured horses to um, veterinary hospitals. Right. Apparently so. So and, th- this uh, was something which actually floated on the water? Well, it, I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that, but it's um, the answer I have is just says uh, it's just, yeah, floats were brought to accident scenes, to emergency accidents. Okay. okay. Yeah, thank you. A bit, bit like a sort of a horse ambulance. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Thank and by you, the way, Bob. ambulance comes from French and it means something which moves. Perambulate. S- perambulate. That's right. That's the amble bit. Mm. And, of course, the ambulant toilets in the, loo, in, in the airport and so on now for people who are able to move. I love the word perambulate. Oh, perambulate, yes. And perambulator. Perambulator. <laughs> we shall take our baby in the perambulator this afternoon. We shall pontificate while having a perambulator. Uh, knock your socks off. Here's another one. <laughs> Andrew is in Atherton. You've got a question about a saying, Andrew. Yeah, hello, lovely people. 
Hey, um, if you had the chance to ask my grandmother for something, she would often say, you can live in hope or die in despair. Now, if that thing was not forthcoming and you complained, she would say, tough cheddar, old cheese. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just wondering if you've heard the live in hope, die in despair. I have, but not for yeah. a very long time. Yeah, um, well. And tough cheddar, of course, is, 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 I think, probably a Cockney expression. Yeah. But I'll, yeah. I'll do some work on the first one, live in hope and die in despair. It's rather, rather good because it gives, yeah, you, yeah. it gives you a 50-50 chance. I've got a fool's cap of her old sayings. I've, I've just got a couple of echoes. One's chewy on your boot. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Now, that could be Australian. And um, it up is. your nose with a rubber hose. Uh, that <laughs> I first heard from John Travolta in Greece. I oh, all right. Heard that yeah. What what uh, what on earth has a rubber hose got to do with your nose in the first well, place? Well, you wouldn't want it up there, so I guess it's a it's something which in this case rhymes. And I think you know, but it, it was in Greece when Olivia Newton John yeah. was showing people how to talk Australian. That's oh, very good. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. And as far as your list of grandma's uh, sayings, keep it. Yes. And, and if you have a moment, we'd love to get a copy because bits of Australian English are falling out, out of use and out of memory and we are losing them. So this is, this is actually a very valuable piece of documentation. I should put you back to my beautiful producer, Andrew, in case you've Please got some do. details you'd like to give us there. My mum always says, um, in response to what's for dinner, a wigwam for a goose's bridle. Oh, yes. Um, that's avoidance language. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, where do babies come from? Up, up, from, up in auntie's room from behind the clock. Uh, there are various, various variants on this one, and it's when you're trying to avoid giving a direct answer which you think might be compromising. Or, yes, in mum's instance, I think it was more, it, does it really matter? Because whatever it is, it's what you're having. Yes, and you're, <laughs> that, that's what it is, and that's what it is, and stop even asking. Yes, why does it matter? Uh, um, Anne is in Karina. She's got a question for Rolly. Hello, Anne. Yep. Hello, good, good afternoon to you both. Hello. Um, if, if, when I was planning many, for many years going anywhere, I would plot my route. Mm-hmm. Now, R-O-U-T-E mm. is being pronounced route. It is. Predominantly. Yep, that's American again. And the trouble is that we have a router, R-O-U-T-E-R, which is a computer thing, which directs a signal from one computer uh, across quite a lot of space and wire to another one. Um, in America, if you live north of the 49th parallel, you say route. And if you live south of the 49th parallel, you say route, R-O-U-T-E. Yes, Route 66, exactly. But I thought that Route was the only Australian, the only way we pronounce it here. And a lady wrote to me and she said her husband had been droving on the Canning stock R-O-U-T-E for years Hmm. and they all called it Route. Now, maybe American servicemen on R&R during the war passed over the pronunciation. I don't know. But that really shook me because I, I could have sworn that R-O-U-T-E was root in Australia and not route. That did leave us with many things. It did. So, look, th- thanks for reminding me, Anne. That's an important one. And um, you will hear, you know, I'm, I'm planning a, I would always say route, uh, you know, from here to Sydney or something. But, but younger folks do tend to say route quite a lot. I think I would say route, but I, w- but I would say that I had been rerouted. I think you would, and although in, it used to be rerouted. And for me, a router is a woodworking tool. Yes. The first, the first meaning is a woodworking tool. The second one is a computer, computer thing. And if anyone ever called the computer thing a router, I don't think anyone would have any idea what they were talking about. I don't think you would because we've borrowed the device and the pronunciation from America. 
Indeed we have. Martin is in Chelmer. We have time for just a couple more calls with Rolly. He's a popular individual as well. He should be. Hello, Martin. Oh, hello. Uh, hello to you both. Um, the word I'm asking about, and if I've read it once, I've read it a thousand times. It seems that many times. Whinge. Whinging. Yes. Ever since uh, what happened on Sunday night. And uh, <laughs> um, I just wonder if you can give us an exact... Uh, definition of how it occurs what it is how oh, it, what it yeah um, and, whinge um on and on ad, ad verbatim it just okay every... it's a variation on wine w-h-i-n-e and it, it whinges to complain in a kind of <laughs> sort of nasal high-pitched irritating way um and you also complain constantly and peevishly no a whinge goes on for quite some time and it's applied to one ethnic group of people whom we won't name today, uh, particularly since last Sunday. Um, there's been a bit of, of uh, throwing of, of mud in both directions, which presumably will be picked up this evening mm-hmm. at Headingley, mm-hmm. as Johnny told us before. So it comes from an old English verb, huincian. Um, so it's been in English at least a thousand years, and it means to complain. Mm. So it's very, very old. There we have it. I've just been thinking about that. I wonder if you could ever write a sentence where someone whinged in a way that you weren't putting them down. If someone had a a, a graceful whinge. Yes, he, he whinged at me with a with a with an inviting expression. <laughs> I enjoyed his whinge and listened with great interest. This is getting a bit personal. <laughs> Rosemary has uh, has given us a call. G'day, Rosemary. Hi. I'm just ring regarding the up your nose with a rubber hose. Yes. Go on. If you have a horse with colic or that needs oh, other yes. medication, yes. you put the medication and you pour it down the hose, up his, you put it down the nose and then put a little sort of funnel on top and oh, pour the medication yes, down. Yes. So it is a vet term, but it is also used as, you know, up yours. You know, I, my daughter's a vet and I've, I've heard her talk about horses, but I've never made the connection with, 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 uh, with the film. Thank you for that. Not much fun for the horse, I may say. Oh, that is making my nose. It's giving me... Cat sympath- is, is looking noses. quite ill. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Rosemary, thank you very much for that. And Kazin Kippering may, may wish to correct you, Rolly. Go on. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Go ahead. Both well. Uh, up your nose where the rubber hose wasn't grease. It was John Travolta, but it was welcome back, Cotter. Oh, blow. Yes, it they was. Thank you. They were shouting out the yeah. window in the classroom. You know, I've, I've had that wrong for at least 10 years. Look, thank you for putting me on the straight and narrow. I appreciate it. You're more yep. than welcome. We'll, we'll send you an ice cream. That is, <laughs> we won't. <laughs> we don't have any ice cream. <laughs> as long as it's not a hose up my nose, I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. And I'm just It's made my week to find out what Rolly says when he's surprised what your curse word is. Yeah. And it's blow. Yeah. That's, that's well, lovely. I, I was in a shop the other day and, and some, <laughs> uh, something, I think I asked for something and they said we didn't have that. And I, and I said, oh, bother. And, and the lady actually... More or more or less, sort of went paralytic with laughter, and she said, "No one said that to me for twenty years." Yes, uh, I, I think I originally was saying it uh, to to be funny, and then it's just crept into my vernacular. But mm-hmm. saying "Oh my giddy aunt," oh yes, has crept in. Yes. And I'm a comedian, so when I'm on stage, I mm-hmm. say horrible things all the time. Yes. Um, but I will sometimes actually say that in, instead of something rougher. Yes, um, and it's more shocking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, people haven't haven't talked about giddy aunts in the last. Two or three decades. It's fun to say. Aunts are always non-giddy. 
Well, yes. 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 We have one final uh, question for you, Rolly, and then a final word mm-hmm. from your good self. Hello, Ron at Majors Creek. G'day to you both. Hello. Rolly. Hello. Hey, Rolly. Yes. Uh, why is it that um, when you, the, the hostess on the plane refers to the front and the rear lavatories, when every other sign in Australia I've seen is, refers to it as a toilet, or if you're up this way, up this way, it's a crapper or a dumper. <laughs> <laughs> Why okay. do we say lavatory? Well, yes, and, and by the way, while we're on the subject, since we must be, um, Thomas Crapper was the person who invented the flushing toilet. That's fantastic. I'm not kidding you. Right? So did the word, the shorter form of that, I'm not sure if I can say that at 20 to 3, the shorter form of that word it comes from? Uh, is a much older, well, it, 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 Thomas Crapper himself, the name was his and it had nothing to do with the word that you're thinking about. Right. Which is a very old English one for that particular activity. Okay. Right. However, in, in relation to aeroplanes, I don't know because there was a time... Nancy Mitford wrote a book called You and Non-You English and you was the sort of thing that the polite classes said and non-you was the thing that the non-polite classes said. And there was a big kerfuffle about lavatory and toilet. And toilet was the one used by the middle classes as a way of not talking about lavatory. Um, and uh, in fact, I think toilet is probably one out in general. You know, if you, if, you, if you go and buy something from one of these uh, um, shops that, that, that have appliances for your, for your bathroom. I think it'd probably be called a toilet rather than a lavatory. A toilet or a shower. Yeah, but of Both course lavatory things. comes from French laver, which means to wash, and the lavatory was a place where you went to wash yourself. Could it not be um, a hangover from, because a lot of the time ships, um, air and water use military terms. Is lavatory a military term? Not particularly. Head is the naval one, huh. and I think lavatory. But th- th- there is, it, it's a really interesting problem, because I, I was on a plane this morning and I, I actually heard that without twitching. I should actually ask myself why, because toilet, lavatory, Hmm. Hmm. we will will ring up the airlines and ask. Ponder on, we shall do. Thank Hmm. you very much. And for our final word from Rolly Sussex this afternoon. I had some advice the other day. I should kill the sexiest person alive. But unfortunately, suicide is a crime. Rolly, it is always a pleasure having you with us here on the ABC. Thank you, Kat. I look forward to our next program. (laughs) Ah, We've learnt a lot today. And thank you to everyone who has called. In just a moment, you'll find out what conundrum Jodie will be dealing with today. ABC.